0: Well, good morning again to each one of you. God bless you for being here this morning. Glad to all have all the visitors here and the frequent comers, like Daryl said. Trust you can receive a blessing from the Lord this morning. I felt like the message I prepared um, was... Similar in many ways to what Daryl shared this morning. I was afraid he might um, use some of my verses, but he didn't, so it's all good. Um, One thing about a king that reigns is um, he needs a city to reign from. The topic I'd like to talk about this morning, I believe I'll title The City of God in Matthew chapter 13 verse here Jesus says "Uh, therefore every scribe which is instructed into the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old so maybe like Daryl said this morning it's not particularly um, new stuff that you haven't heard before but I trust and stir in our hearts and um, bless each one of us. So I also was considering um, this world we live in and all the pressures that we face um, as people here. We have pressures from within and from without. We see society around us. Um, decaying and just going downhill. And we see strife and murder all around us. And, you know, now it's um, campaign season for the presidential elections and we hear a lot of claims from politicians and sometimes you're just like, how could you even think that's a good idea? You know, some of the things they... But I think it just goes to show um, how this world is falling apart around us. And then we have pressures in our own lives. We have work and we have family and temptations in our own heart. And sometimes, you know, things can look a little overwhelming if we just look at all the world around us. But fortunately, we have God. On our side, and we also have examples from the scripture of various men that also face many things in their lives. so I would like to sort of a foundation for the message look at a few different men just very briefly, or words they said. If we think of job, we know many of the, many of the things he faced in his life when God was testing him. <clears throat> and uh, he um, faced things that we would could hardly imagine what it would be like. And Job, towards the end of Job in Job 19, he says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin... Yeah, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Though my reins be consumed within me, just very clearly see where his his um, focus was through this all. And then, if you want to turn to Hebrews look at just a couple of verses in Hebrews chapter 11. And again, just briefly looking at, you know, many of these stories of the men it's referring to here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. talking about Abraham. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs together of him, with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And then jumping down to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which, whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. And I also read in verses 24 through 27. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had great respect, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So the theme I see through these verses here there's men and women here as they go through their life they're looking looking way on ahead they aren't looking at the you know the trials they're facing right now but they're rather looking for that city that was built of God <laughs> and yeah you see Moses there in Egypt Esteeming the approaches of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And I just, as I was thinking about Moses a little bit and this, the treasures of Egypt, how long do you think he maybe could have enjoyed those treasures in Egypt? I was thinking if he was about 40 and he, not sure how old he lived, 120 or so. So you could maybe say, you know eighty years he could have if he lived to a ripe old age there in Egypt, he could have enjoyed all those things that Egypt had to offer him, but then you consider how long has he been in heaven? maybe four thousand years. you can see there's just no comparison, and that would be that would even be if you would consider the treasures of heaven, you know, to be compared with the treasures of Egypt. They're so much better and last so much longer. In uh, Hebrews chapter 13, it, just one verse there. Hebrews 13 verse 14. It says, "For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come." And I have sometimes, I don't know if you're this way, but you hear of somebody that's just really longing to go to heaven. And sometimes it makes you feel like, you know, aren't we good enough here? I mean, don't you like us, can't get along with us, or that that sort of thing. Um, But I'm not sure it needs to be that way. Because heaven is so so much better than what we have here. I don't know if some of uh, the married couples could maybe relate to if you're, which incidentally I can't really, myself, because we've haven't been apart very long. But if say your husband and wife are apart for for a space of time, and uh, you know you can sort of get longing to see your wife again or your spouse that doesn't mean that you're not enjoying those you might be company with. You just, there's something that pulls you um, to your spouse. And I believe it's somewhat the same way between us and God as we are the bride of Christ. There should be that pull, that longing to be with him. Even if we maybe are enjoying the company of the brothers and sisters around us and we love to be with them. There's just still that pole. <clears throat> so I would like to... Um, I'm going to read the passage in Revelations. I'm getting to that where I'm going to read what Revelations has to say. But before we get to that, I would like to just... Um, Underscore in our hearts how that when God promises something in his word, that's exactly how it happens. And we see that in the Old Testament prophets when they prophesied of Jesus' first coming. uh, Many times even though they didn't understand what they were prophesying about, they made prophecies of Christ's coming and they were fulfilled to the letter. In, in Matthew, he, refers, he directly refers to um, the, Old tw- the Old Testament 12 different times with the terms fulfilled, or that it might be fulfilled, directly referring to Old Testament prophecies that were f- fulfilled by specific events. And I'd like to look at just one in Matthew chapter 1. Verse 21, uh, the angel appeared unto Joseph, and I guess we'll start in verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, "Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us." So just one example of numerous times we see where it's a direct fulfillment of prophecy that was made thousands of years before, or hundreds at least. Now I would like to have you turn to Revelations. I'm going to first be in Revelations chapter 1. And I know we're very familiar with these passages in Revelations, but I'd just like to uh, refresh our vision of heaven this morning. And knowing that what we read here in Revelations is only, <coughs> well, one, I want us to think about as we read this, this is exactly how it's going to be. This is not some, you know, dream that you sort of visualize way off in you know, this is this is actually going to be a reality one day, <laughs> in not too distant future, we'll be able to see these things with our own eyes. But I can imagine this description doesn't even cl- come close to describing the splendor of heaven. Um. Almost two years ago, my wife and I um, were visited the Grand Canyon, and we had heard reports from other people who have been there, and we've seen pictures, but you know, still thought it'd be nice to go there ourselves sometime. And we, you know, heard the stories, heard how amazing it was, so we made plans and we traveled down there but somehow even hearing all that just doesn't doesn't do justice to <clears throat> to what it feels like when you walk up and look out over the canyon so that was, that is just a, you know, an earthly, um, well, you know, created by God, but it's here on this earth. Um, but still, it does something in your heart when you look out at that and just see the splendor of that. So I like to think of that as um, maybe what we see in Revelation is like that, you know, picture we see just a glimpse of what it might be, but it's nothing compared to what it will actually be when we're there. (coughs) Um, I'm going to read very briefly in Hebrews chapter 12. You don't have to turn there. Um, Right, of Hebrews says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest to be wearied and faint in your mind. And I... I know we usually are often look at this and we consider, you know, Christ's sufferings here on earth and everything he went through for us. And that is all um, right and good. But the aspect I would like to consider from this passage this morning is that when Jesus was here on earth, he was here about 33 years, they estimate. And in his flesh, and we, you know, he faced trials and temptations like we do, and then he suffered and died for us. Um, But I'd like to consider the splendor that he's in today. As it says, we are looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and it says, and to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we'll look at Him in His risen glory this morning in Revelations chapter 1, verse 11. And it's just amazing, before I start reading here, to consider, you know, how short, and know, Jesus was always, always God and in heaven, but if you consider His time on earth... ...compared to all of eternity. Uh, So, Revelation chapter 1, verse 11. uh, Verse 10, actually. John speaking here, "...I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice, as of a trumpet, saying, ...I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last." And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches. And then it names the churches there. I'll skip down to verse 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had on his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. So, there just a brief glimpse of um, Jesus there in all his glory. Then I'd like to turn now to Revelation chapter 20. And I would like to read a fairly lengthy passage here just to give us a, a vision of what we have in store for us if we remain faithful. And like I said before, this is, this is reality. This is how it actually is. And Jesus says that twice in this passage. You read in Revelations 21, 5. He says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And then again in Revelations 22, 21. Uh, no, 22, six. He says, and he said unto me, these things are faithful and true. So there we heard it right from Jesus. These things are actually the way it is. So starting reading in Revelations chapter 20, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, whose face the earth, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. and god will wipe all tears away from their sorry and god will wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the throne said behold i make all things new and he said unto me write for these words are true and faithful and he said unto me it is done i am alpha and omega the beginning and the end. I will give to him that is the thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most, most precious. Even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a great wa- had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the twelve gates, at the gates twelve angels, and r- names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length is large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs. The length and breadth and height are equal. And he measured the wall thereof a hundred and forty and four cubits according to the measure of the man, that is of the angel. And the building of the wall was as of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third, chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardinox, the the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophus, the eleventh jasonith, and the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every serval gate was of one pearl, and the streets of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, nor or maketh a lie, but they that which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, Clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. And he said unto me, These saints are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them, and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. And he saith unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and they enter in through the gates into the city. For without it are dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen even so come, Lord Jesus. So that is a fairly lengthy passage, um, but I've just been really blessed reading through this and considering the, I guess, just getting a bit of a vision of what is in store for us. And the one thing that, Really stood out to me through this passage is just how final this all is this is the end of time there is no more and it makes it very clear that it's going to be a holy place all these things we see in the world around us they're going to be done no more wickedness no more sin it's going to be a holy place Yeah, there's many things I could probably um, bring out in here. We will see the face of God, and that's what it's all about, is seeing His face, but also just the splendor of the place. I don't think it's wrong to look forward to being there and seeing all the glory He has for us. and as we as i read earlier on back in hebrews um hebrews well maybe we should turn there hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and 3 before, but seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth too easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And then verse 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest to be wearied and faint in your mind. So that's, um, that lest to be wearied and faint in your mind is really the part I wanted to bring out this morning. Just an encouragement as we consider um, all of heaven and its glories and how the, all the trials of this life, they do have an end. There is a, there is a time when It's all going to be over. I'd like to read two more passages um, that talk of how our response should be as we consider, um, consider heaven. In 1 John... Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God? Wherefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. (laughs) There very clearly, um, John is saying, if we truly see God for who he is and understand that we're going to see him someday, every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself in each one of our hearts, purifying ourselves, even as Jesus is pure. And as we saw that land, Everything is pure. There's no sin there. And then, finally, in Second Peter, chapter 3, we have similar thoughts there. to begin in verse nine, 2 Peter, chapter three, verse nine. And I want to just point out again how Peter affirms that God is not slack concerning His promises. He's what what He said He's going to carry out. This is gonna this is gonna happen someday. It's not just some distant future thing that we may never see. This is reality for each one of us in the relatively near future, if you consider the scope of history. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. In verse 9, As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven, and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. So I think I will leave you with those thoughts.